What you just heard there is the Black Keys, uh, probably one of my favorite bands right now. Um, if there, there are certain bands you guys out there listen to and you just can't get enough of their music. You just kind of just play their music over and over and over. Right now, for me, that's the Black Keys. And what you heard was The Weight of Love It's probably one of their more bluesy song, but it's just an amazing song. It starts out really soft and mellow real you know melodic and it just turns into a rock and roll anthem um you everybody's going to hear this on the podcast i put this on my podcast so you guys know what i'm talking about i know a lot of you guys don't listen on anchor and you can only listen to certain music on anchor but i put this on there i'm hoping i don't get no sort of copyright infringement something on there so if i do i'll stop doing it but until then i'm going to keep doing it uh, the Black Keys, uh, it's a, uh, the, the explanation of the weight of love, it wasn't until we recorded the song, and this is the, it's a two-man group, it wasn't until we recorded the song, Weight of Love, that we figured out how we wanted to start the record. Once we finished that, we knew that that was the beginning of the record. Vocalist Don, uh, Dan Arabach told the BBC that as soon as the Black Keys had finished laying down this, uh, this track, they knew it would be the first song on the record. Uh, we like the journey it took you on. It, uh, we like how it started so hush. And this is him quoting. We like how it started out so hush. And like I said, the song it starts out really mellow, and then it just turns into an awesome rock song. Uh, it demands your attention in a different way in in any of our other recording opening tracks. So they started off with their opening track with this, the weight of love, and it's just an amazing song. If you guys can look it up, look it up on YouTube or download or whatever. If you've never heard of the Black Keys or you always want to know what their music was about, um, they're an amazing, amazing band. Um, Wait and Love is is an epic song. So you just go ahead and look it up and you'll end up loving it and playing it in your car over and over. But um, that's pretty much it for the opening artist this week, uh, the Black Keys, The Weight of Love. And let's get on with the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk eBay, episode 21. I'm your host, Johnny, with Sin City Hustlers. You can look me up under Sin underscore City underscore Hustlers. Go ahead and give me a a follow there. Uh, This week, of course, we're going to go over my weekly sales, eBay-related news, and weird listing of the week. Uh, This week, we do have a reseller on. Uh, He is a really nice guy. Probably, uh, we went when I went to the Hustler Hacks meetup during eBay Open in July. Um, he was already there when I went to the meetup, and he, you know, came up to me and introduced himself. I, I said who I was. Really nice guy, just easy guy to talk to. Um, he goes. His first name is Zach, and he goes by the Instagram handle the Hustle and Muscle. So go ahead and give him a follow. Follow his journey as a reseller. But uh, let's get him on and let him uh, uh, tell his story as a reseller. Let's get him on. Hello, Zach. Hello. Hi. Hey, good morning. Hey, good morning. How are you? What's up, Johnny? How are you? I'm doing good, man. Nice to talk to you again. Likewise, man. <laughs> hey, uh, thank again, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for agreeing to come on. Um, thank, that's thank usually how on. my show, yeah, my show is based around interviewing resellers and getting their, in their journey and, you know, hopefully inspire other people maybe to do the same thing um where where do you live i'm in uh california southern california oh okay Uh, whereabouts uh north of la in uh, panorama city okay all right i grew up in southern california i grew up in orange county 
You there? Yeah, I'm here. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> um, when I I think when I first met you, we we met at the uh, Hustler Hacks meetup, right? In Vegas, yes. Yeah, and you were at eBay Open. Yes, I attended eBay Open. At, how was that? How was that experience? Uh, to be honest, it, it it was okay. I mean, they they. I think it was towards uh, the beginner level or entry level um, sellers. Yeah. Not not really uh, so much of the uh, intermediate and advanced. Uh, but but I think you know it, it it was really helpful as as far as like a refresher for me. Yeah. And would you say it was more um, like you're an experienced seller, and there was a lot of experienced sellers that attended. I didn't go, but I did interview some resellers that did go. And the one thing that they liked about eBay Open was the networking with other resellers. Uh, would you agree? Yes, the, the networking was awesome. I mean, just just finding uh, or, or meeting different people from, you know, different walks of life, you know, coming together all in one and, and seeing what they sell, you know, not in the same field or, or whatnot they're, they're into. I mean, the, the same niche that we're into. Um, just amazing what you can resell. Right. And with that being said, um, how did you discover reselling? Uh, to be honest, it, it, my, my wife had, uh, falled into it before I did. Oh, okay. Uh, back in 2015 of February, I had, uh, lost my job. Um, I used to work for a, a title loan company, um, right here in Southern California. And we used to deal with the, the whole United States. I used to be the uh, repossession manager. Uh, we used to repossess cars. So, oh, <laughs> I dealt with a lot of, you know, fun stuff. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you re- do the paperwork for that or were you actually repossessing cars? Oh, no. So we were the title loan company. We, we hire uh, outside repossession companies to go and uh, go ahead and repossess cars. So we were, you know, the back end of it, you know, um, coordinating the, the, the pickups, the, the auctions to, you know, liquidating the cars and stuff like that. Finding the cars is what was the hardest part. <laughs> yeah, I would. Would you say that uh, you probably got a lot of uh, angry phone calls? Uh yeah, I, I've heard <laughs> a, a lot in my lifetime already. <laughs> in this so your wife discovered was actually your wife said your wife was yeah, so, discovering reselling. So my wife, uh, she started uh, couponing at first. So okay. This when this was when I was still working uh, at that that loan company, so she started couponing and you know she started racking up on you know diapers and and you know dishwashing stuff and just all kinds of stuff and we started piling our garage with a lot of items, and you know we 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 saw that all, all these items were just sitting here and we were like, you know this is gonna last us you know till who knows when. You know, Armageddon. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> and so, you know, she started, you know, we, we can flip this for profit. You know, you know, she's getting this for pennies or sometimes free. And so we, we started, you know, selling it for cheap as well to, you know, friends, family, whatnot, and, and you know, coworkers of ours. And, you know, that started to be a good business, but it wasn't turning anything. And then I lost my, my job in 2015. And... um. Tracy, uh, Tracy, my wife, uh, she found uh, the Hustler Hacks channel, and she she stumbled upon it from uh, reading some article online saying that you know this this guy Glenn had paid off his student loans, you know through reselling, and all he was doing is selling shoes, whatnot, and you know I dabbled into a li- a little bit, you know because I was selling all. Uh, some of the stuff that I already pre-owned. Yeah. And so, you know, we came across this channel. We started listening to all this stuff. I'm like, I like shoes, man. You know, that, that that's something that I'm into. So let, let, let's dive into that. <laughs> so that, <laughs> that's how we, we got started with uh, Hustler Hacks channel. 
Well, that's a good that's a good niche uh, or niche or niche, whatever you want to call it. But uh, it's usually when people resell, they're usually their niche is going to be something that they're really interested in, like like you or or Glenn from Hustler Hacks. You know, he's into sneakers, you know, jerseys and stuff like that, he like sportswear. Yes, uh, mostly sneakers. So, uh, you know, you kind of go where you're comfortable. And after a while, because when I started first, uh, when I was first reselling started, it was just all clothes and then women's clothes, you know, you can get it dirt cheap at the pin at the bins. And um, now I'm slowly trying to transition into sneakers, uh, like baseball jersey, football jersey, sort of like what what Hustler Hacks is doing. Right. So um, how long have you been selling? Uh, So since 2015 of February, I. I got out of the uh, corporate world and, you know, that, that I didn't fall into reselling. Actually, you know, like, like I said, the wife was doing it already and, and she stumbled upon the Hustler Hacks channel. And so I was, you know, on the verge of, you know, starting to resell. I, I started doing, you know, the, the whole entrepreneur thing and, and trying to do, you know, Uber and Lyft. And then, you know, when, when I take the breaks, when, when there's, you know, when it's really slow here, uh, from picking up people, you know, because there's certain times you pick up people, and um, when yeah. it's when it's slow, you're in you're in a, a neighborhood, and there's a Ross, a TJ Maxx, there's a Marshalls, there's there's a Goodwill. So I'm w- whenever I'm around these areas and it's a slow time, you know, I'm I'm picking up stuff or I'm in the stores looking at stuff, you know, seeing what I can resell, and and at the same time, you know, everybody's going when live and i'm i'm on you know yeah stop everything and listen (laughs) (laughs) yeah um have you had any experience being an entrepreneur sort of like your own boss or just something that because you started to resell something that was new to you you know what to be honest uh from being in that title loan company and and managing that side of the business you know it, it felt like i was already running a business myself yeah and and you know a lot of the uh, repossession companies that i i spoke with the the owners and stuff they were like why are you there you know you're you're so capable of of doing so many things you know you're 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 innovating their technology and you're not even getting paid for it you know When, when you can innovate in yourself you know motivate inspire yourself like how you are in your your own business and you know you can succeed right and so that that kind of helped me you know help push me out of the door you know besides me getting fired (laughs) (laughs) yeah that would that would uh you know motivate you a little bit right (laughs) yeah so ever since then i I didn't i didn't uh you see myself going back to a nine-to-five job to be honest Right. See, that's one of my goals. I, I've said this in previous podcasts with other resellers. I'm like, one of my goals is is to become a full-time reseller. Because right now I'm part-time and I work mm-hmm. a full-time job at a casino here in Las Vegas. Uh-huh. And, you know, one of my goals, like my goal right now is to go full-time. That's awesome. Yeah. that's a, the, the hardest step is the first step. Right. Right. Um, besides Hustler Hacks uh, influence you to start reselling, was there any other person that helped you you know kind of push you towards reselling or was it just glenn himself uh you know what to be honest before hustler hacks there was um uh there was a channel that we used to subscribe to i mean we still subscribe to them but uh, we kind of dabbled with them you know that's yeah. that's where we kind of fell into it we, we started off with amazon at first okay so we started off uh following this couple they're called the selling family uh-huh and the, the selling family was basically a husband and wife um, deal. And then they had a, a baby. And, you know, that ever since ever since the baby was born, the, the that couple has been reselling. And so the, the baby, um, their child didn't know nothing about but them, you know, reselling as a baby all the way up until now. <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> that kind of inspired us because, you know, we're, we were we are at that point where we're like, you know, we need to buckle down, you know, getting old, you know, yeah. we already have a house, you know, where, you know, we, we want to retire, you know, happy, not miserable in, you know, the corporate world. 
right? Trying to make ends meet and, you know, struggling to pay bills and stuff like that, right? You just want to live comfortably, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a lot of um, resellers' goals is to, like, live comfortably or they want to make an actual business, like a brick and mortar. Or, you know, some they just want to make their own money and, and you know, and live how they want to live, you know, just travel when they want to travel and, you know, sleep in and stuff like that. So. Right. And, you know, when I was in the, the corporate world, you know, I used to do the, the traveling and stuff like that. I used to go to different auctions, you know, all over the, the U.S. and meet different people. I go to conferences and stuff like that. And, dude, I was the first one in, first one out at my job. And <laughs> I was I was never home. You know, there there was... Every time I go home, it's just high and by with a wife, and that's it. You know, I'm yeah. I only see her basically on the weekends, or she's sleeping by the time you know I get home. Do uh, you and your wife? Uh, do you guys do it together, or is it just you mainly, or just something you do? You know, as a family. Uh, so currently, I run my own eBay store. Uh, she, okay. She runs her own eBay store. And I also run uh, Amazon. So you have two different eBay stores and an Amazon account? Yes. That's awesome, man. That's that, Is it two different kind of niches? Is that why you have two stores? Yeah. So my wife does all the, the, the bins, the thrifting and stuff like that. Okay. And I do mainly new stuff. Like the sneakers and stuff like that? Sneakers and other stuff, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool, man. That's awesome. Um, it, uh, how can people find you on social media? On social media, my uh, my tagline is uh, the hustle and muscle. And it's just, uh, do you have just an Instagram? Do you have Twitter or Facebook or? Uh, just just the Instagram. Just the Instagram yeah. handle. Um, what, is your, what is your daily routine? I know you gave a little hint of it, you know, when you were driving Uber, but what is your daily routine now as far as sourcing? Well, currently right now, I don't. I don't do the, the Uber and the Lyft. Uh, so typical day is me getting up in the morning, uh, preparing my, my wife's uh, breakfast, lunch, <laughs> and snacks. You know, she, she still goes to the 9 to 5. Okay. Um, so I prepare her, her breakfast. I make sure that I get my, you know, meals in as well, my, my breakfast. And then I start the day by uh, shipping. I ship all my products, uh, you know, dead in the morning. And right, right after that, I, you know, I, I check, you know, I go through my inventory, you know, and, and I, you know, everybody has death piles. I have oh, a death yeah. Pile. You, should see, you should see mine. Mine is just ginormous right now. <laughs> it's, it's not really a death pile. I mean, I have already everything listed. It's just need to be, you know, tagged and, and put away pretty much. And I'm in the process of, of, cross-posting on different platforms so i'm 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 selling on uh, a lot of different platforms as well so uh, what other platforms is it i i see on your instagram that you're it's a ebay amazon and what's the other one ebay amazon poshmark um offer up do you and, do macari uh you know what i dabbled into macari but a lot of my listings got deleted Oh. <laughs> because they, they they say it's stock photos or whatnot. I just take really great photos. To be oh honest. wow! And they, thought, <laughs> and they thought you were using stock photos. Yeah. So I just you know what I don't want to bother. <laughs> right. Right. Um, what would you say uh, is eBay probably your most profitable platform, or do you get a lot of sales on Poshmark? Or uh, it's a, it's a little bit of both. I mean, um, it's it's. Right now, the the main income stream is, I think, for me, Amazon. Oh, okay. Yeah. And you do FBA or do you do uh, seller I, fulfilled? I do FBA, seller fulfilled, pretty much both. Oh, okay. Yeah. What's what is easier for you for Amazon? Is it uh, FBA or is it you know seller fulfilled? Uh, currently, seller fulfilled is the the easiest. Really. For me, yeah. Having that... having the the inventory uh, shipped to the location and whatnot, yeah. uh, it kind of takes a long time for it to you know hit inventory or or you know once it gets in inventory, sometimes they transfer to a different warehouse. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, so it, it, yeah, I've heard issues with that where they send you send an FBA shipment, and it takes forever to get there, and then, like you said, they'll either they'll transfer from one warehouse to another. They'll like split the sh- the products up into different uh, warehouses, right? Right. I mean, it's 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 not so bad uh, right now. I mean, currently we don't have as many products as we'd like, but I mean, it's it's manageable that I can. Uh, you know, stay at home and, and ship everything from home. And it, it's more profitable, I'd say. That's awesome, man. I I have yet to, and I've said this in many podcasts, is I, I have an Amazon account. I just have not utilized it yet. I haven't really sent anything in FBA. Really? Yeah. So <laughs> I think that's one of my goals is to start selling stuff on, on Amazon. You know, not just to stick with one platform. Because I, I, I'm just eBay right now, part-time. Right. And I have my full-time job. So my thinking is, you know, I, I don't want to overdo it where I get, you know, frustrated or burnt out or anything like that. Right. So, you know, I want to gain the experience from selling on eBay and then, you know, maybe move on to Amazon. And I did I did start cross-posting on, on Poshmark. So I do have a Poshmark closet. That's awesome, man. Yeah, the, the more the more eyes you have on uh, your items, the faster it'll sell. Right. That's that's what I that was my thought process on it too. It's like you know why stick with one platform when you can just you can reach out to other buyers on other platforms and mm-hmm. and make money that way. Right. And so like the the, the same thing goes applies as you know you know everybody hit hit their uh, their summer slowdown. Everybody's saying you know it's slow here on eBay and whatnot. My other platforms were killing it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So Yeah, you it's, so it's weird how eBay works that way. It's like, yeah, summer, everybody's like expecting it. You know, summer slow down. Everybody's like, you know, bracing for it. Uh-huh. You know, and then I hear, like, I didn't, I hear from other resellers is what I'm saying is like, during the summer, they're like killing it on eBay, but their other uh, platforms were slow. You know, sometimes it's the reverse, you know, so. Um, I did experience the summer slowdown. I, I have, my sales were like not as well as they're doing right now. Right. Did you experience summer slowdown or was it just consistent? It, you know what? It's, it's slowed down on one platform and it picked up on, an, on another. Oh, okay. and, and the thing with my products, I mean, I do have uh, mainly what shoes. Yeah. I mainly have shoes, but you know, there's, there's outerwear, there's, you know, bags, yeah, there's a lot of items that you can sell, and and if you you do stick your, um, your all your eggs in one basket, and you know you you put a hundred percent into just say, shoes for example, you're 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 gonna hit a wall somewhere. Oh yeah, you know, not unless you spread yourself out, and diversify. You know what you're selling, right? You know they 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 say you know shoes is like tires, you know or, or yeah, shoes is like tires. You know cars need tires to move so you know pe- like people we we do need shoes to move right <laughs> so i mean it's it's a year-long thing you know whatnot but you know some of the shoes are you know uh seasonal so you know th- and there's a lot of products out there that you can actually flip year round you know hint hint <laughs> right Other and i think i sell. think shoes is is one of those products that you can sell consistently year round right pretty much yeah like you said the shoes are like tires you know they they wear out eventually so people need new shoes so and well, uh i when i interviewed the the hustle bee the hustle bee was kind of hinting like yeah you know that's that's why i sell shoes it's you know mainly because i'm I'm a sneakerhead, and the other is you know people need shoes you know so right. you know it's a consistent sales for me is what you know drives me to keep selling shoes right um what are your goals as far as uh, reselling? My goals as far as reselling is uh, to have my wife quit her nine to five job and do this full time okay. with me. Yeah. And therefore, we can, you know, possibly raise the family, you know, just at home or, or vacationing, you know, sourcing and stuff like that, you know, instead of going out and, and you know, looking. You clocking know in, clocking out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, the the end goal is not to do anything and, and, you know, have employees do it 
you know, I, I just, you know, go back to my managing side and I just manage people again. Yeah. Or just pay somebody to manage them, <laughs> you know? That would yeah. be the end goal, I would say. So your end goal would be would just, just keep the business running, but just, you know, have a couple of employees run it for you and right. you just kind of well, oversee well, that, everything? Yeah, the, the manual side of it. The, the other part of it uh, we were looking into is um, private label. We, oh, okay. Me and my wife were, you know, dabbling into different things. And, and you know, you, you, don't, you don't make money, you know, being scared. Right. You know, scared money don't make money. That's, right. You know, that's what I, I, I like to live by. I agree. And, so, you know, you got to take risks, you know, whenever, you know, you think it's, it's, it's a great time to do it, you know, an educated risk. So, like, we were looking into uh, private label, and we see that some people are, you know, doing well on it, and some people yeah. that, you know, have failed on it. But, I mean, you don't see success without failure, so. Right. I've seen I've seen YouTube videos uh, of people who have uh, do private label on Amazon, and, you know, when people first start, this is what I've seen on YouTube, mm-hmm. is when they first started private labeling, they actually failed a couple times because the pro- either the product failed or the marketing failed or, you know, it's, it, people just weren't buying what they were selling. And they, it took them a little while to figure out, you know, the logistics and the marketing part and then finding the product to sell that uh, to people on buyers or Amazon, wh- you know, what they want to buy. Right. You know, I've seen a lady on there who was like had 40 private label products on Amazon. Mm hmm something like that. And she was making like 500,000 a month in sales, yep. <laughs> yep. which was ridiculous to me. I'm like 500,000 a month, man. And, and you're talking about not doing anything. All right. you're doing is, you know, replenishing your product, calling your, you know, your supplier and refilling your, your supplies. That's it. Right. Right. You know, I think the hard part is just find the right product that people want to buy, you know? Well, Yeah. It is because <laughs> I, I, I kind of dabbled into private labeling before I started eBay mm-hmm. and I'm like, ah, maybe I should start eBay first and kind of build a little bit of capital. Right. And then maybe, you know, go back into private labeling. But I, yeah, I did research private labeling and it, it, you know, it seems like a good thing to do, you know, in the future for me at least. Right. Yeah. So like currently we're, we're we're at that uh, that point where we are building our our capital, you know, with with inventory, and then we're we're gonna you know take some of that capital and and put it towards the private label side of it, right? To, that, to fund it basically, right? I mean that's that's the smart thing to do. I think that's what I did. So, you know yeah. that 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 way, if it fails, you you still have the other business going. You know? Right, you have like a backup. Right. right. <laughs> Um, one last question, Zach, um, what, what advice would you give a brand new seller, either eBay or Amazon or whatever they want to start reselling on? What advice would you give a new reseller? One advice, um, not to kill the market. I mean, there, (laughs) there's, there's enough to go around. There's, there's enough money to go around. I mean, there's a lot of quality products that a lot of people purchase, uh, a lot of new resellers purchase. And they, they, they're into that quick flip game where they're making only $10, you know, $9, $8, $5. I mean, it's all up to you. I mean, if you do want to pick up all these products, that's fine. And you, you, you can flip them for whatever money you want to make. But don't, you know, you, when you kill the market that way and, and you don't, don't hold, you know, retail or whatnot, you know, you're, yeah. you're in it just to, to flip $5 to $10. Then right. that's fine. You're looking towards, you know having employees work for you and I, i've i've done the the, the whole in the corporate world yeah. i've done it i've been in the trenches I, i've been an employee you know so i mean i've done the numbers i've done the numbers and uh, you know you can you can be that person it's all up to you if you if you're in the grind you want to do you know you want to be in the trenches for a long time and and be tired Go ahead and, and do the quit flip day, uh, game. But, uh, you know, my motto is, you know, 
get quality products, sell them what they need to be sold, sold at, you know, the, the, the right price, you know, based on history. Yeah. And, you know, you should be good. I mean, I, when I first got into the game, that was my, uh, I, I would say that's my absolute one problem because we, we started off with Amazon, like I said earlier. Yeah. So with, with Amazon, you know, it was pretty much our model was, you know what, let's just get 10 bucks, whatever, whatever we scan, you know, if it's over 10 bucks that we can get after, you know, fees, uh, shipping and whatnot, you know, because we, we used to you know, have, we still have the scanner. So we, we scan products and if it made 10 bucks, you know, it made sense. Let's, yeah. let's go ahead and, you know, flip 10 bucks. Let's, let's make 10 bucks off this. And then, you know, we'd ship it into FBA, it'd make money. But it's just ten bucks, right? You know, and you I think have that's... To, you'd have to look for more products for ten bucks, and then you know the, the season dries out. Now, now you're you know, you're looking for inventory. You have all this money, looking right. for inventory, but it's not there because you already sold all the quality products. I think that's that's really good advice. I agree with that because when I first started. I was doing the same thing. It wasn't with Amazon, it was eBay. It's like I was finding things and if it made more than $10, I would keep it, Yeah, you know? And I've come to the point where it's just not the thing I want to do anymore. Like the quick flip and I want my profit margin to be a little bit bigger. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, that's why I, I'm starting to kind of move away from the just regular like men's and women's clothing into like sneakers and jerseys and you know just sports related you know stuff you know because the, the profit margin is a little bit better with those and just a quick flip on like a pair of jeans or, or a blouse or something like that you know right so yeah that's that's really good advice yeah be, being an entrepreneur you're, you're not looking towards working harder you you, you want to work smarter not harder right so Great. you know Instead of being the grunt, you know, you can be the boss, right? Be the boss. And I think that's what most most people want when they start to resell is just to be their own boss and to work the their own hours and you know just do what they want to do and you know make some money while they're doing it. But uh, yeah, that's great advice, Zach. Uh, I want to thank you for being on the show. Thank you for being green being on the show. Uh, you're a great guest, and hopefully we'll get you back on again and catch up with you thank you brother for having me on aloha uh, you're welcome man mahalo all right me, brother have a good day you too all brother. right mahalo talk to you bye Now it's time for some eBay news. This one comes off of hiphopwired.com. And I actually came across this article today. And it was kind of interesting because I know there's a lot of resellers out there that I that I know and that I follow on Instagram that are sneakerheads. And they pretty much have nothing but sneakers in their store, in their eBay store. And they resell sneakers. So I find this art article pretty interesting. Uh, the head is Nike is king in the sneaker resale department per eBay shopping report. The article goes on. The sneaker resale industry is showing no signs of slowing down, according to eBay's 2018 shopping reports revealed today and highlights trends on the e-commerce site. Thanks to Virgil Abloh Off-White Collabs and Air Jordan sneakers, Nike didn't suffer an off year. eBay reports that in 2018, more than 40 thousand pairs of sneakers are sold each day on that site with nike and adidas being the most popular brands being searched for by potential customers air jordan moved over a half a million sneakers on that site despite concerns of oversaturation in the sneaker market now if you follow a bunch of resellers eh, let's say like the hustlebee hustlebee is 100 percent in as far as sneakers that's all he sells is sneakers um hustler hacks I say about 90, 95% of his store sneakers and the other five, 10% is jerseys and uh, other stuff on there. Uh, the report also reveals that a pair 
of Air Jordan Kobe PE sold for $20,000 on the site this year. And that $20,000. Whoa. I would love to know who that seller was. That probably made his year. And that uh, Virgil Abloh Off-White Nike collaboration sold for 38000 500 pairs of sneakers on that site. It didn't sell for $38,000. So they sold 38,500 pairs of sneakers. Oh, and our concerned champion and Supreme racked up 30,000 searches a day. So if you got any champion or Supreme out there, um, they're, they're looking them up. Um, I definitely looking for it's You know, Supreme is the hot brand right now. Champion uh, is really stepping up their game and trying to get into the uh, competition of like Nike and Adidas, but uh, I actually found a pair, uh, not a pair, but a champion t-shirt. It was pretty cool looking at uh, Goodwill. Um, it, the article breaks it down. It says per eBay and it has different uh, categories that eBay breaks it down to. And it has most popular, uh, what they call grails of the year, cash for kicks and brand love wins. I guess a certain brand. Uh, we'll start off with most popular, Nike and Adidas continue to lead the pack with style, top styles driving sales of collectible sneakers in the tens of thousands. In fact, half a million Air Jordans were sold this year alone. That's one pair every minute. So count to 60, a pair. Uh, <laughs> Grails of the year. Uh, let's see what this is about. Taking the spot for most sought after style this year was Nike Air Max 197. Sean Wotherspoon, the most expensive pair sold in 2018 is the Nike Air Jordan Kobe PEs, what I just mentioned in the article, sold for $20,000. A player's exclusive from 2002 in Kobe size. Cash for kicks, another article, uh, another category. Uh, collectible sneaker sales show no sign of slowing down. eBay shoppers are purchasing more than 370 pairs of sneakers over $250 per day. Uh, the next category is uh, brand love wins. We'll see what this is about. This is, was a 76% increase in eBay sales of champion sweatshirts in the last 90 days. Now, I just mentioned champion. Champion stepped up their game. Um, and collab favorite Supreme uh, racked up over 30,000 searches per day. So um, I guess this is a bolo. I guess they're trying to get a bolo out in Supreme. Uh, let's see. And... Virgil Vision. This was a big year for the industry's most sought-after designer. In addition to being named director of menswear this year, Virgil launched multiple off-white sneaker styles and designed the tutu outfit Serena Williams wore at the U.S. Open. eBay sold 30,500 pairs of off-white sneakers. I just mentioned that. That's five pairs per hour, an average of $289 per pair. The most expensive off-white sold on off-white X Air Jordan 1s in quotations, the 10 or $3,409. And then it goes on, who said the sneaker resale game is looking shaky? It seems quite profitable according to those numbers. And it does. I mean, if, if you ask my opinion, sneakers are, are never going to slow down. I think people just, especially guys, guys love their sneakers. You know, I'm not a, a huge sneaker fan. I know um, a sneakerhead. I know a little bit about sneakers but not too much but i'm slowly learning the sneaker game here because it's it's profitable so if you're looking to get into the resale game uh i would say look into reselling shoes so that's pretty much it for, for ebay now let's go on weird listing of the week Now it's time to go over my weekly sales. Uh, sales were okay. Um, they weren't the best. Uh, right now, my sales are actually down 2%, <laughs> which is weird because it's Q4. So I don't know what the heck is going on. I had no sales over the weekend. The week, I had a few. But um, I'm going to go over some of the ones that I missed from my previous podcast. Um, the one podcast that I couldn't publish. Um to a couple of recent ones I just got. So um, let's start off with uh, Forever Collectibles. It's a uh, lot of two NFL Dallas Cowboy Christmas stockings, new with tags. Uh, actually, my wife found those, I, I believe. Uh, 
Let's see. They were sold via promoted listing, so I did promote them and I did sell them. I had them up for $34.99. Took a best offer of $27. Reason is they're two uh, Christmas stockings and they're easy to ship. It only costs a couple bucks. So it was a pretty good flip on that one. Uh, Goodwill bins, that's where we found them, or my wife found it. Um, if you're not following me on Instagram, you need to follow my Instagram. But uh, I did put this up uh, recently. It was the Vegas Strong UFC men's uh, black t-shirt. And it sold for $22. And the uh, t-shirt, proceeds to this t-shirt uh, are going straight to the 1 October shooting fund. I think it's called the ninety Route 91 Music Festival or Harvest Festival. I think I put Harvest Festival. I don't know why. <laughs> but um, the, all the proceeds went to that uh donated to that fund so you know it helps the victims and the victims families uh from that tragic shooting um next up is the is a harley davidson woman's red long sleeve button down shirt uh the front had harley davidson embroidered on the left side of the pocket and in the back has a huge embroidered harley davidson and it was a woman's shirt and it Sold for $29.99. Picked us up at the Goodwill bins. Um, didn't know what it was at first. I just saw a red shirt. Pulled it out. And I said Harley Davidson on it. Embroidered. And I'm like, oh. Looked it over. It was a little dirty. So I did clean it up a little. And uh, it sold It sold within a few days of listing. I'd say less than a week. And it sold for $29. And that's what I listed it for. Uh, next up is a pair of Rockport uh, women's black suede penny loafers. Um, Goodwill bins. Again, found one shoe, couldn't find the other. Finally found it. Um, all you people or resellers know if you go to Goodwill bins, the uh, shoe bins. There's never any shoes that are together. You got to ser- really search for them. Uh, found it, sold it for twenty five bucks. It was the best offer, and it shipped it off to its new home. It was a small size seven, so it took a while for it to sell. Uh, seven and a half actually. And uh, they were a pretty nice looking pair of shoes and cleaned them up and sold 25 bucks. I'll take it. Uh, next up is uh, they called the Disney catalog black corduroy overalls. And in front it had uh, embroidered or patched on. I'm not really sure. Uh, I think it was patched on 101 Dalmatians. I had the dogs right in front of the, the overalls. Uh, only thing is it had a flaw in these overalls. It had a, broken or missing button on the side of the overalls and i did list that and i have mentioned this before if there's a flaw in it and you're going to list it make sure you you mention the flaw in the description that it does have a flaw because you don't want to sell something with an obvious flaw gets to the buyer and the buyer's going to leave you a bad feedback so just make sure you list the, the flaw in there uh next up is a united football league men's short sleeve uh, Sacramento Lions Culpepper jersey. It was one of those promotional jerseys. Uh, Dante Culpepper, who used to uh, play for Minnesota Vikings, I believe. And I want to say the Raiders for like a half a season or something. And uh, United Football League. I found it at Savers, and that was priced high. It was priced at, seven, I think, $17.99 with my 20% off. I think it brought it down to like 15 but there was a few listings for way over $100. And so I decided to take a chance on it. I did put it in my Insta story. It's like, should I pick it up or should, shouldn't I just leave it? And I was like overwhelming. Just, you know, no, don't pick it up. It, you know, it's not well. doesn't sell, whatever. So, But I had this weird feeling that it was going to. I didn't know it was going to sell this fast, but it did. Uh, I had it up for $149, which I listed pretty high there was one listing that was 199 and it didn't have any watchers or anything like that there was another one for like 249 or something like that so that's like you know what i'm just gonna list it at 149 and see what happens then sure enough uh an offer came in for 100 bucks i'm like i'll accept because i don't think i'm gonna get a better offer unless someone just buys it straight off 149 bucks but you know someone offered me a c-note so i was like i'm gonna take it you know, so I sold it, hundred bucks, and then only cost a couple bucks to ship because it's pretty light, and it's off to its new home. Uh, he actually gave me a good feedback on that, so 
it was a win-win big w on that one pretty nice flip um next one is a paul smith men's blue long sleeve polo shirt large size large it says on the listing size large now why am i saying that i got a negative feedback on it and it uh i believe i should have i should have screenshotted the negative feedback because it was it was i don't think it was a, a, an appropriate negative feedback because there was nothing wrong with the shirt the shirt was a large i did put the measurements in the description but uh they leave me a bad feedback saying um doesn't fit as a large fits extra small and i was just like what extra small no it's like so i went back to the listing after i after i got the negative feedback and i was like did i maybe mistakenly sit put uh, was the shirt an extra small and i mistakenly put large so i looked at him like says large on the listing and i look at the photos and i always take a photo of uh the the size tag uh yeah it's a large I'm like what the heck what this guy weighed like 600 pounds or something and try to fit into a large but uh he, ne he left a negative feedback so i was like this i was i was like no this is not right this is not a feedback that should be left on there so i called ebay i called ebay explained the situation and i go look the guy left the feedback saying it was an extra small t-shirt or shirt a paul smith uh long sleeve polo and the rep the ebay reps are, are amazing by the way they're amazing i know a lot of people have issues with reps but i have i've called ebay a few times and i've never got any grief from ebay um so they looked they looked it up i'm like i i don't feel it's an appropriate negative feedback because it's a large i go the pictures say large the measurements are there in the description they're all, okay mr gonzalez we'll take a look so she puts me on hold for like not even two three minutes she comes back and she says yeah your listing does say large and the pictures do show it's a large uh polo shirt i'm like yeah she goes okay uh, we're going to go ahead and, and remove the negative feedback on there. I'm like, yes, yes. I'm like, thank you very much. I was like, thank you very much. I appreciate it. You guys are awesome. And hung up with the rep. So checking my, my eBay account, like right after I got off my phone, I checked it. Negative feedback was gone. <laughs> it was just instantly gone. I go, you know what? I should have took a screenshot of it to so put it in Instagram because it was awesome. Because I was at 100% feedback until then. So when I got that negative feedback, it dropped it down to like 99.4% for one negative feedback. I'm like, uh-uh, this, <laughs> this ain't happening. No way. So they took it off. So my feedback is back at 100%. And I've got a couple more feedbacks in the past week saying how they you know, love their items that they got. So I don't know what this guy was thinking. Um he does have 31 feedbacks I can see from here. And um, I don't know if he was just trying to mess with me or, you know, maybe he should look at the description and look at the measurements next time or something. I'm not really sure what was going on with that. But he gave me a negative feedback. But eBay took it off. <laughs> so that's my story on that. Uh, next up is a Oingo Boingo Burgundy short sleeve graphic T-shirt. This thing sold in like a couple of days. Listed it for $19.99. That's exactly what I got. Got it at the Goodwill. Um, I think, did I find her or my wife find it? I think my wife found it. She always finds the good stuff. So we found it. goes, oh, look, Oingo Boingo. I'm like, yeah, keep it. It's Oingo Boingo. And um, if you guys don't know who Oingo Boingo is, it's an old 80s band back in the day. And the front man of Oingo Boingo was Danny Elfman. Now, if Danny Elfman sounds familiar, Danny Elfman went on to do music, or not music scores, movie scores. Um, he did movie scores for Men in Black. Uh, he did for uh, Tim Burton's Batman. Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. He was the voice of, or the, not the voice of Jack, but when Jack was, uh, was singing in the Nightmare Before Christmas, that was Danny Elfman. Danny Elfman's voice. So he was the lead singer of Oingo Boingo in the 80s. 
Um, I think it had a song like Dead Man's Party and stuff like that. Uh, next up is Majestic Diamonds, Diamond Collection, uh, Philadelphia Phillies jersey. It's a red jersey and it has Phillies uh, stitched in the front. Uh, found it at Savers and it was pretty good. Uh, pickup. Uh, it was like the mesh red jersey and I listed it for 29 took a best offer of 25 uh, pretty cool looking jersey it's by Majestic uh, short sleeve jersey extra large so it was a good size too uh, next up is this one had a bunch of watchers like forever on it and it took a couple months to sell but uh, it sold for $59.99 which is exactly what I was asking for it was a Hoka Hoka 1 Bondi for running shoes, uh, teal and metal green colorway. I found these at Savers. I think I bought I bought them for. I really need to put these in the skew. <laughs> Twelve bucks. Because I looked at the comps and the listings, they were going for like brand new ones. Were new ones were going for like ninety nine dollars, and used ones were going for like forty five to sixty dollars. So I listed high, fifty nine bucks. And exactly what I got. So I paid $12 for it, flipped it for $59. So pretty good flip on that one. Uh, next up, Rock Revival jeans. Uh, Gwen Boot Dark Jeans with the flat pockets, size 29. Picked these up at the California. When I had my California trip, I picked them up at a thrift store there. Uh, paid like $5 for them and sold them for $40. Best offer of 40. I think I had them up for 49. Uh, these were one of the jeans that got returned to me. Uh, and it, as soon as it returned, I looked them over, refunded the, the buyer, and immediately I relisted because it's Rock Revival. I know someone's going to want to buy them. And sure enough, I say within a, a week or, I think a week or two, it sold, it sold for 40 bucks. I took a best offer. Um, next up is. Uh, Zana D D I Zana D I uh, woman's blue denim flare leg patchwork jeans. Now the patchwork are on the below the knee and I'll show this on my Instagram below the knee. And as soon as I listed them, I got a bunch of watchers forever. Uh, took over a month to sell. Got them at the Goodwill bins and I knew they were different when I picked them up and because I had all the like the patchwork on the bottom leg of the jeans and I go, someone's going to want to want these. They're, they're like, uh, flared out almost bell bottom, hundred percent cotton size 13, which is a fairly decent size and sold them for 40 bucks. And, you know, of course my goodwill bins, I get everything for less than a buck. Cause I get, get these huge hauls and usually I'll get 35 to 45 items. And usually if I break it down, it's less than a dollar. And last up is a burgundy long sleeve blouse. Uh, it's not very interesting, just a typical burgundy uh, long sleeve woman's blouse. Took forever to sell. Uh, $16.99 and ships it off to its new home. Um, and that's pretty much it for my sales. Um, my sales are a little slow right now. So I'm hoping, crossing my fingers this week and the next week, uh, they'll pick up a little getting closer to Thanksgiving and Black Friday. But until then, I'm just going to keep listening and listening and listening. I got a bunch of toys to list, a bunch of clothes to list. So got to keep on doing that. And that's pretty much it for my sales. And next up is some eBay news. It is now time for a weird listing of the week. This one is pretty odd, bizarre. Um, the title of this listing is legally rename what legally rename me whatever you want. <laughs> I couldn't even get that out. Legally rename me whatever you want. That's what the head or the title says. And he's auctioning off his name to... A, he given his name to someone else in return, the other person can rename this person whatever they want. 
and it has a picture of his driver's license, which is which is odd to me that they, you would do that. Um, <laughs> and the description is, it says, okay, there are two parts of this listing. First, I'm listing my name, Andrew Nicholas Stufen, which will, I will let you legally have if you choose. Secondly, I'm giving you my name. I will change my name legally to whatever you want. You can name me after your dead cat. Uh, you can name me after a serial killer, uh, a kid in high school whose feet smelled. And this is the guy's description of what he's writing. You can name me after Ted Cruz or some other horrid political figure. Uh, you can name me Nancy, Nancy Kerrigan, Donald Trump. Um, you can name me Jesus Christ. You can literally give me any name. And he said, it's all up to you. And then he writes a backstory. I was named Andrew after my father, who was a douche. <laughs> it is. It, if you look hard enough, you'll find the weirdest stuff on eBay. My middle name is Nicholas after my grandfather, who was all by all accounts, a bit of a bastard as well. And my last name is is Dutch, but I'm not even Dutch. Why did he write his last name is Stufen? Sufin. Let me look at his driver's license. I don't know what he meant by Dutch. Uh, you can have part of it or all of it. It's up to you, he says. The name could be yours in all its glory if you choose. Um, the possibilities are endless. You can rename me Dumbface or Rover or any number of cuss words. You can... Name me a number or a symbol like Prince. <laughs> oh my God. I will also throw in my diary for shits and giggles. And it says happy bidding. And <laughs> I'll put it on my Instagram. You can see the guy's driver's license. He's from New York City or the state of New York. And you can bid on his name for $22,000, which surprisingly has no bids. <laughs> And it has like the f driver's license from Georgia and now it has one from New York. But uh, he does have 16 feedbacks. So I wonder what else he's sold on here. <laughs> so if you want to change your name to Andrew Nicholas Stufen, you can <laughs> go to this listing. The seller's name is Andrew Stufen underscore zero. And it, this guy's an idiot. I'll... If anybody bids on this, they're more of an idiot. But nothing nothing surprises me anymore. This is truly insane. I'll put my name up for bid. And you can have it, but you can name me whatever. But uh, I'll put this on my Instagram. You guys can see that. You can leave me a feedback or uh, leave me a, a message on Instagram. Tell me what you guys think about someone putting their driver's license up on eBay saying you can rename me whatever you want in exchange for you to have my you can have my name for $22,000. I wouldn't I personally would not do that. That's just mind-numbingly stupid. It's got the guy's face, it's got where he lives, his date of birth, his expiration date. <laughs> oh my god. This is this is moronic, but yeah, you can take a look at it. You can take a look at my Instagram. I'll, I'll put it on there, but uh, that's my weird listing of the week. I want to thank uh, Zach, the Hustle and Muscle, for coming on. I truly appreciate it. Uh, enjoyed listening to his story and his journey as a reseller. Uh, I want to thank everybody out there for supporting the show. I thank you very, very, very much. Um, never in my wildest dreams that I think I would have 21 episodes of this podcast. Um, I just wanted people to follow my journey as a reseller and to listen to other resellers and their journey as, as they go along reselling and making a business and you know, working for themselves and be, being a, a true entrepreneur. And I really appreciate you guys listening and supporting the show again. Um, it, it's really, it's, I'm humbled by it and I really appreciate it. 
uh, thank you guys. And I'll see you guys next week, next Sunday. And keep on hustling, guys.